0: Um, I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. Um, I know that if you pay attention to the word of God and I know that if you listen to the word of God and when you study the word of God, all right, you will benefit from it because the more you study the word just like anything. All right, the more you study the word, the more you study anything, the more knowledge you gain on that subject and the closer you become to that subject. All right, whether it, whether it be um math, whether it be history, all right, whether it be English, all right, whatever you study, the harder you study, the more you study, all right. The closer you get to that subject and the more knowledge you have of that subject and you will benefit from studying. All right. Um, and in this case, I'm referring to the word of God. All right. You study the word. You will benefit from it because you will become closer to the Lord. Um, you will become stronger in your faith, in the Christian faith and um you know, you will learn more about the Bible, all right? I know that God loves it when His people studies His Word, all right? God loves it when His people takes the initiative, takes the time out of their day, you know, to study His Word, okay? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, It's easy to just make time, you know, I know a lot of us have jobs and a lot of us have lives, but the fact remains is that, you know, God should be our number one priority, all right, above our jobs, um, above, above our families, all right? God should be our number one priority and we should always make time for the Lord, all right? God he he's he he's not a distraction, all right? He he's not going to take he's not going to he's not going to pull you away from your family. He's not going to pull you away from your job. No. All right? God should be your number 1 priority and you should make time for God, okay? And a lot of people don't. Okay? And God loves it when he sees people taking the initiative <clears throat> taking the initiative to um, study his word and to get to know him better because it shows that they have a desire to want to get to know him okay um, and I know I certainly appreciate it because I'm the one who's who's bringing the word you know um, no I'm just playing I'm just playing okay because I know that even if no one listens to this I'm still benefiting from it because in order to do this I have to study the word all right so regardless I'm going to benefit from this no matter what so I'm going to get right into it um today subject I want to talk about is the su- is is the problem of partiality the sin of partiality and the problem of partiality what is partiality what is partiality well in a way it's kind of what it sounds like all right you're more partial to one then you are the other. All right. Showing favoritism. All right, in in other words. All right. Showing favoritism is another word for partiality. And that is that can be a major problem if we let it if if we let if if we let it if we don't knit partiality in the butt it can become a major problem well how how you know i mean we all have our favorites you know we all have things that we like you know more than others and That's true. All right. I'll be the first. I'll be the first to say that. You know, that's true. But. We can't end up showing favoritism and then end up. You know, just. Because when we show favoritism, in order to show favoritism, we have to look down on something or someone else. okay so yeah I understand we as people all right there's just there's just there's just some people that we get along with more than others I understand that okay and I'm not saying you know hey you know distance yourself from your friends and 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 become better friends with your enemies that's not what I'm saying all right I'm not saying hey drop your friends and you know Be nicer, be nicer to those people over there. I'm not saying that, no. All right? I understand. We all have people who we get along with better than others, okay? It's just, you know, some things that you may have more in common with the set of people than you do with another set of people. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you start showing favoritism toward a certain group of people, that's when there's a problem because you start showing favoritism towards a certain people, a certain type of people, all right? That's like saying that's starting to say okay, yeah, I'm better than those type of people. All right? And once you start saying, yeah, okay, I'm better than those starts than those type of people, you start to you you start to develop a mentality like well, okay, those people are beneath me. They don't deserve anything from me. They don't even deserve my love. They don't even deserve to be treated good by me. Okay? And then you have that mentality, and then that type of person ends up coming around you. And then you show, end up showing hatred towards that person and it just transforms into something worse and worse and worse. And as I said, it can be a huge problem, okay? Partiality is a huge problem in the world today, all right? We don't call it partiality. You know cuz it sounds it sounds funny. You know, it sounds sounds more like a biblical term. We we call it segregation. Okay? In society today, Particularly political society. We call it segregation. And in social society in, in social communities. We call it segregation. Okay. To where. You know. We shun these type of people. Because they're a certain type of way. And we think. That the type of people. That. We're a part of and the type of people that we hang out with, we're better, all right. And even if we want to say, Oh, no, you know, we we like everybody, you know, we, it doesn't matter who you are black, white, whatever, 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 all right, Chinese, Mexican, Asian, whatever, it doesn't matter, we love everybody. Okay, you say that. But you don't show it. All right. And partiality, it's not something that you can easily catch. You know, it's not something that you can easily easily catch because it sneaks up on you and you don't even realize that you're showing partiality. All right. That you're showing favoritism. All right. You don't even realize it. You don't mean to. But a lot of times you are. A lot of times you are. And it's a real problem. And, you know, the only way, really, the only way to fully overcome favoritism. is through Christ Jesus the true the only true way to overcome favoritism is through Christ Jesus alright a lot of times we might say oh stop showing favoritism that's easy you know just treat everybody equally see right there that's why it's, it's That's that's the problem with partiality, that's the problem with showing favoritism, is that, you know, you don't even realize, you don't even think you're showing favoritism, you don't even think that that you're showing partiality or whatever, alright, you don't notice it, but you are, other people see it, other people see it in you, you know. And two people, I'll say this, two people in the Bible, all right, who we as Christians today know probably to be the most famous of Christ's disciples in the Bible, all right, Aside from John, all right, I'm talking about Peter and Paul they had no one knows more about partiality than than those two all right they had huge problems with with favoritism all right you know we we know about that part in the bible where um peter is sitting with the gentiles okay and then um some people from james table you know who were jews They were coming over to Peter and then Peter, he, you know, didn't want to see, he didn't want to see his people, you know, the Jews. He didn't want them to see Peter sitting with the Gentiles. So he got up and he moved. All right. And then Paul saw this and Paul ended up, you know, getting on Peter for it. Makes Paul look like a. Look like a great guy. All right. And Paul, he was he was a great guy. He was an awesome guy. But we have to understand that Paul. He had a huge issue with this at the same time also. All right. And a lot of time, I mean, in. In. I think the cases were a bit different with Peter and Paul, because like I said, with favoritism, it's very it can be very dangerous because you don't even realize that what you're doing is wrong. Just like in Paul's case. All right, because when before Paul received salvation, all right, before Paul transformed his life, he was Saul. And Saul was huge and deeply rooted in Judaism. All right. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Okay. All right. Right before Paul had stepped on the scene, Jesus Christ had, had just recently been crucified, rose from the um, dead and ascended into heaven. Okay. It was most likely um you know, Saul's dad and his friends who had conspired against Jesus to have him killed. Okay. Saul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. All right. And he was taught by the Pharisees. He was a young guy. He was taught by all of these Pharisees and how Judaism is the way. All right. Judaism is right. Everything else is uncivilized. That's what they basically taught Paul in a nutshell. All right. And Paul actually believed this. Paul believed this, all right? It wasn't indoctrinated into Paul. It's not like they indoctrinated this into Paul, all right? Or into Saul, rather. Saul, he he advanced in Judaism beyond all his other friends. So he studied this on his own terms. He believed in what he was doing, all right. And and because of this, um, he would he would lock up Christians. He would have Christians sent to, sent, sent sent sentenced to death, probably sentenced to life in prison. Do raids on church shut churches down have churches um, destroyed torn down ransacked probably even burned okay that's the type of guy that Saul was Saul truly believed that You know, Judaism. All right. The laws and the cultures of the Jews, Judaism was right and everything else was wrong. He truly believed that. And he showed favoritism toward the Jews and only the Jews. And he really actually thought what he was doing was right. He didn't realize and say, wait, I'm showing favoritism. Favoritism isn't good. Favoritism is wrong. So you see it sneaks up on Paul. I mean, you see it sneaks up on people. All right. Because a lot of times we don't even realize what we're doing is wrong. We don't think what we're doing is wrong. All right. You might say, you know, hey, you know, I'm I might not be showing love to the Gentiles, but I'm still showing love to, to, to the Jewish people, you know. There's still people that should count for something, you know. I still love the Jewish people. I still love some people. You know, I love the Jewish people. I might not love the Gentile people, but I still love the Jew, the Jewish people, you know. They're, sti- they, 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 they're, still, they're still people, so that should count for something. You know? And a lot of people don't realize what they're doing is wrong. Saul didn't even realize what he was doing was wrong. In fact, he actually believed in what he was doing. He thought what he was doing was right. He thought at first Saul he thought that he was truly an ambassador for the Jews he was a representative for the Jews okay for his for his for all of Israel okay for all of Israel for Abraham, for Isaac, for Jacob, for all the history of the Jews, Paul was in. Saul was an ambassador of Judaism. For Moses, for the laws, for David, Saul was an ambassador of the Jews, and he believed it. What he was doing was right. He favored the Jews and what he was doing was right. Saul so truly believed that. Okay? Now, with Peter, it was a bit different. All right. Peter, I think he always had kind of a When when Peter was young, I think Peter had kind of an insecurity problem. You know, um, he he favored His people. If you were a Jew, Peter would hang out with you. Okay? And he loved all the Jews. All right? And he didn't have a problem hanging out with Gentiles unless there were other Jews around. you know, if there were other Jews around, you know, Peter, he he was saved. I don't know that guy. Hey, hey, what are you doing sitting by me? You know, go do something else. You know, I don't know you. And Peter, he was always, you know, struggling with his own prejudice on you know and it was always like that with Peter. All right. He he was so at at, at first at first Peter was so focused and this is even when Christ Jesus was alive all right going back to when Christ Jesus was alive and he was following Christ Jesus Christ Jesus had to check Peter a few times okay because Peter started you know getting beside himself Peter he often oftentimes Peter he was more concerned with the well-being of Israel and the Jews and Jewish politics and all of that he still loved Christ yeah he did okay He still listened to Christ, he was still, you know, Christ follower. But Peter always had a problem because when it came down to it, you know, he always, he he was always, he would always lean more toward his people before he would before he would lean toward the gentile people all right he believed that the Jews were better than the gentiles okay and he it was i think it was more of an insecurity problem Okay, that Peter eventually had to overcome, but he still showed favoritism. I'm going to read to you right now um, from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, book of Galatians, chapter 2. of Galatians chapter 2 verses 11 through 14 all right now when Peter had come to Antioch I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed this is Paul speaking by the way For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles. And not as the Jews. Why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? All right. So. You see, when we have favoritism, and this can sound kind of weird. I know it does, it sounds kind of weird because it sounds, in a way, ironic, I think would be the term. When you are filled with partiality and favoritism, All right. You tend to be insecure with yourself. What do I mean by that? Because you can say within your heart, you know. Well, you can say out loud rather. Rather, I mean, you can say out loud, you know. Oh, there's no better people than the Jews. Jews are on top. Everyone else is on bottom. Oh, there's no better people than black people. Black people are on top. Everyone else is on bottom. There is no better people than white people. White people are on top. Everyone else is on bottom. And so on and so forth. And so on and so forth. All right. And you can say that out loud all you want. All right. You can immerse yourself in the culture. okay, And. You can speak out loud how you favor this culture and how everyone else is beneath it. But deep inside your heart. You know that that is not true. You know that that is not true. And now you're wrestling with yourself, you're fighting with yourself, and you're feeling insecure because you don't know. You're saying, well, you know, I'm saying that these group of people, you know, are the best type of people there are, but I know that's not true. And you're just fighting with yourself. And you end up like Peter, you know, or how Peter was, I should say, where, yeah, he's gonna sit with a type of people who is not like him, but when the type of people that he favors more comes around, he's gonna, you know, push them off, push them off the end of the seat, push them off the end of the bench and say, hey, over here, come sit next to me. You know, like, like you were never just sitting, like you weren't just talking to this to this guy next to you. Okay, but notice that I said. How Peter had a problem with segregation how Paul had a problem with favoritism okay and they had a problem with partiality okay they knew they knew what that was all right but they did overcome it Okay, they did overcome that problem. As for Paul, or rather, I should say, as for Saul, he ended up um, receiving salvation. Okay, Um, and as for Peter. You know, he ended up getting over that one problem, getting over that hill. Alright. And I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you um where it says that all right, but I'm gonna speak a little bit more first. Saul he got over that problem. All right. one day on that road to Damascus, okay, when it's like, he, I don't know exactly what, like, every single detail of Paul's, of of Paul's past when he was Saul, other than what the Bible tells us about him, you know, it gives us a general idea of how he was but i don't know every single detail but we know that Saul really reached like and uh he was he was just really you know i don't i don't know what i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out the words to say um He just like got to a whole new level to where he just wanted to lock up Christians who opposed Judaism. He just got to a whole new level to where he was riding, you know, on his horse as fast as he could, you know, with his friends, you know, breathing threats. Breathing threats, you know, so you can imagine Paul's riding on his horse, you know, saying out loud, man, we're going to get these Christians, man, we're going to shut down this church, man, we're going to shut it down, man, we're going to come in here, we're going to bust down the doors, man, we're going to stop, we're going to start locking up Christians, we're going to throw them in the paddy wagon, if anyone gets in our way, ooh, they're going to wish they hadn't, <sighs> breathing threats. Just in the zone, ready to lock up Christians, ready to sense them to their death, ready to shut down the church. And he reached an all time new kind of level of, you know, (laughs) of wanting to get anybody, wanting to get rid of anybody who opposed Judaism. And that's when he had saw a light shine down from heaven, and that light had kicked, had made the horse jump and throw Paul off the back of the horse, and that's when Christ Jesus had spoke to Paul. All right. I can imagine that, you know, Jesus he's he 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 he's he now thinks that okay, this isn't, you know, the regular Saul who's just, you know, Who's just willing to shut down churches and having people locked up. You know, I mean, this guy's really, really out for him now. This guy's really out for my people. You know, this this guy's turned into someone, turned into a crazy man. You know, I mean, I don't know if he really said that. I don't think he really said that. Okay, I I don't think he really thought that. Okay, but... I think Jesus, you know, he realized how Paul was, you know, taking it a bit too far or how Saul was taking it a bit too far. And Jesus. Um, that's where he put a stop to it. He said, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute my people? All right. And he told him how he would be a missionary unto the Gentiles. Unto the Gentile nation. All right. And... And Paul he ended up realizing he had a whole Mentality change a whole change of heart All right And he realized that You know hey everything I've been taught everything that I've studied You know How Judaism was right and, you know, everyone else was wrong. Everything that I study isn't true, you know, and Judaism is not the way. Because somebody, you know, opposes Judaism. All right. Killing Christians, persecuting Christians, sensing Christians. That's not the way. Okay. Um, And he has a complete turnaround. Now he's a missionary into the Gentile nation. All right. Now he's a strong advocate against partiality, against favoritism. Okay. And as for (laughs) as for Peter in fact, before I go, before I switch over to Peter, you know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible Paul ends up writing about you know, not long after Galatians um chapter 2 verse 11 through 14 that I read when Paul got on Peter um in Galatians chapter 3 verses 28 actually one of my favorite verses Paul writes there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free there is is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus and I love that verse because because one of the biggest problems in the world today is favoritism and segregation and and prejudice and racism and all kinds of isms okay basically just hatred towards different types of people In a nutshell, hatred towards different types of people. All right, my group is better than your people. Partiality is a huge problem in this world, and that's one of the reasons why I love this verse so much. Is because it speaks to. It addresses one of the biggest problems in this world. And it's such a short verse, too. All right. There is no there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ. Now, is that saying that, you know, there's no such thing as a Jew? There's no such thing as a Greek or There. There's no such thing as a man or there's no such thing as a woman or there's no such thing as a slave or that's not that's not what it's saying okay what it's saying is that you know there's no partiality towards anybody. we're all equal for you are all one in Christ Jesus but when I say notice all right realize that when I say we are um all equal. I don't mean everyone in the world. This this verse is not referring to any to everyone in the world is all equal. It's referring to those who are Christians. All right. Um It says for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ Jesus, you are all one. okay and it's one of my favorite verses because it's so short and it's so straight and it's so to the point alright now I'm gonna move on um, to Peter you know because Peter for so long has been struggling with um, with his own segregation problems, with his own partial problems with partiality and in showing favoritism towards other people, and he's been dealing with his own um, insecurities for so long. All right, but now. You know, we learned in Acts chapter 10, <clears throat> Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 35. All right. That he has now overcome that problem. He has now overcome that problem. All right. I'm going to start reading Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. and this is a this is a real turning point and a real pivotal moment in Peter's life all right what's happening now and it's funny because Peter all right out of out of all the original 12 apostles Peter is the one who struggled the most with partiality All right. And what I read to you is probably one of the most biggest. Well, of course, after Peter, um, you know, receiving salvation, after Peter starting to follow Christ. All right. This is one, probably one of the most biggest turning points in Peter's life. All right. He's preaching to the Gentile nation now. Okay. And um and it's funny because the first Gentile to be baptized happens to be baptized by Peter. You know, out of all the people to baptize the first Gentile Christian, it's Peter. All right. And It goes deeper than just saying, oh, okay, it was Peter who baptized the first Gentile Christian. It goes deeper than that because it has a very significant meaning that it was Peter. All right. And this is a big turning point in Peter's life because. Now. Peter is about to do something that he probably never thought that he would do. All right. And. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. All right. And he he now realizes, I'm going to read verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. So he goes on to say. the word which God sent to the children of Israel the original the original covenant that God had with Abraham the original laws given to that God gave to Moses to give to the people all right the original um word that God sent to the children of Israel, all right? Preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is now Lord of all. Pete and Peter at this moment realizes that. What was once Known only to the Jews and only for the Jews, all right. What God had once made promise only for the Jews, He is now Lord of all. Peter now realizes that so. That's a that, that was a very pivotal moment in Peter's life. That was a real turning point in Peter's life. And probably a very humbling moment in Peter's life because whatever hatred he may have had or whatever um, he may have been struggling with towards anybody else who wasn't a Jew He realized at that moment, okay, I was wrong. You know, there is no Jew or no Greek. All right. There is no better or no worse. You know. the word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Christ Jesus he is Lord of all and that's when Peter overcame his segregation now it says that in so many words okay I'm not saying that it outright says it that's when Peter overcame his um his problem with partiality that's when Peter um you know overcame his situation with prejudice or whatever I'm not saying that the Bible you know, says exactly at that moment, you know, but in so many words, it was at that moment that it was a huge turning point in Peter's life. And he ended up baptizing um, Cornelius. And I think it was his household, Cornelius, he was a a high-ranking officer in the Roman army, and Peter ended up baptizing him, all right, and his family. I'm not going to get too much into that today. But he was the first Christian Gentile to be baptized, and he was baptized by Peter, and that has a lot of significant meaning. That it was bat- that he was baptized by Peter. All right, he wasn't baptized, and you know, he wasn't baptized by James. All right, he wasn't baptized by Paul. All right, it was very significant that he was baptized by Peter. All right. In fact, God has specifically called on Peter. God has specifically called on Peter in a dream, in a vision, to go and baptize um, Cornelius and his family. All right? So, but getting back to what I was talking about. All right? I mean,. Well, you know, t- <laughs> get, get getting back. I'm, I'm getting off subject. Is what I mean. Um, turn with me to the book of James, chapter two, verses one through five. Book of James, chapter two, verses one through five. James writes, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. You have not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Now I'm gonna stop right there, okay? And... I'm going to follow this segment up with a part two. All right. But I'm running out of time. So um, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to close with a prayer. Okay. And I'm going to cover the rest of um, James chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And um, the topic of partiality and I want to you know talk a little bit about and elaborate on a little ah, elaborate on a little about <laughs> try saying that five times fast elaborate on a little bit about James chapter 2 1 through 5 but right now I'm going to close with a prayer dear heavenly father I thank you for the reading of your word O lord god Thank you for this day, Heavenly Father. I thank you for blessing us with another day, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, you are a great God, O Lord. I thank you for the reading of your word, O Lord. Lord, I pray that you continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the reading of your word, O Lord. And help us apply your word to our everyday lives, Lord God. Lord, just continue to give us the want to and the desire in the will to study your word and to apply it to our everyday lives, oh Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for everything you have blessed us with, O oh Lord. Lord, help us, Lord God, as we grow in our Christian faith and help us not to show partiality towards anybody or anything, O oh Lord God but that we may love all who are in Christ Jesus, O Lord, so that we may love all who are of you, Lord God. In your name I pray, amen.